Welcome to the Why God Why podcast brought to you by Browncroft Community Church. My name is Harry Gibbs. I'm a member at Browncroft and producer of the show. I'm joined by our hosts, Peter Engler, Director of Adult Ministries at Browncroft, and John Amayo, New York State Crew Director. Why God Why is a podcast where we're asking 21st century questions about God that you never thought you could. Today's guest, Sarah Knight, and today's topic is Why God Why Are People So Obnoxious and Maybe Anxious on Social Media? Boys, uh, let's uh, bring you in to kind of introduce this topic as uh, we then will bring Sarah on to to get things rolling. But obnoxious on social media, what are we talking about? Wow. Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess a couple of people are obnoxious on social media, but uh, yeah, I, <coughs> I don't think it takes... Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Peter's actually posting stuff right now that's obnoxious, <laughs> even as we speak. So no, uh, I'm I'm excited about this topic because I think the topic itself is really... A pertinent to our society, for sure. Even more than the topic, I'm excited about our guest today, Sarah Knight, because Sarah happens to be a really good friend of mine, and I call her my personal Annabelle Porter. For those of you who uh, watch Parks and Rec, uh, she could easily... Uh, have that bluish thing, you know, the Parks and Rec people, and she's so she's so amazing, and she's she's really really gifted design wise, but she's also just really really gifted as somebody on social media. She has been nominated one of the the by the Rochester newspaper here, the Democrat and Chronicle. They have her as one of the top ten mommy blogger or mommy people on the social media to follow. I believe that's correct. I think that's the fancy way to put it. And uh, yeah, so so they have her as that. Her her other group, Rock Girl Gang, has taken social media by storm, which has been crazy and a fun ride. And I can't wait to hear a little bit more about that too. So Sarah has a ton of experience in this area and she's just a bunch of fun to chat with. So this is going to be great. And Pedro, what are you thinking about this uh, topic as we approach it today? You know, I think it's a question that everybody's asking. And um, just because I'm not bitter because the Nick stink doesn't mean you have to hate my social media. <laughs> Harry. But, uh, someday we'll we'll talk about sports here. But, uh, you know, I've always enjoyed Sarah because I, I think that she's thoughtful, thorough, but also, um, you know, she has this ability to see five to 10 to 20 years down the road that I feel like when you listen to that insight. And so as I think about engaging this question, you know, social media, as we've said before in other podcasts, it's neither a negative or a positive. It just is. It's how you use it that's a negative or a positive. And as we think about being obnoxious or, you know, Harry's Freudian slip being anxious about it, it's a part of our society and it's not going away. And so I think this is an important topic. I don't care if you're 24 or if you're 50 or 60, you're dealing with this. So maybe how to have a better relationship with that. Yeah, I love it. Well, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Knight here with us. Welcome, <laughs> Thanks for Sarah. for having me. Yeah, yeah. So Sarah, give, give us a little bit of your, your uh, perspective here. Um, you've you're doing a ton on social media, but give us a little bit of background as far as what you do. What's your, what's your, first of all, maybe let's start here. What's your favorite platform on social media to use? I would say hands down Instagram. Yeah. It's just easier. I feel like Facebook has gotten so, um, oh, uh, polluted, diluted. I don't know. Corporate. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, there's just a lot going on. I love, I love imagery. 
Um, so I feel like Instagram is a lot easier to just kind of scroll down, see the pictures, get the gist, um, read what you want to read, as opposed to Facebook, which I just I, I feel like that's that's just become a whole. But it's also I, I also use it um, for both of my platforms, personal and Rock Girl Gang, and it's very um, important. Uh, especially, especially for Rock Girl Gang, in that when I want uh, somebody to do something like buy a ticket, I mostly use Facebook, and that's I would say I think eighty percent of the people buying tickets to events are buying them through Facebook. So that's kind of interesting. If I want, you know, just the light engagement, the comments, the likes, that would be um, my Instagram. But if I want somebody to click something and do something, that would be. Facebook. Yeah. So both very necessary, both very important platforms, and both can be used for good and um, not so good. You know, again, Peter, like what you said, it's it's here to stay. There's there's you know good things and bad things about it, just like anything else. And so I definitely have a love hate relationship with it. I think as most of us do. Let me ask you this, Sarah, because you know we were joking before the pre-show, like. All of us are born relatively at the same time. It's not like we were six years old and be like, I want to be a social media star. (laughs) No. Uh, Share a little bit about your journey, how you ended up there, kind of as, we won't say star, but influencer. Sure, sure. So I started, let's see, I I think doing my own graphic design business, having kids, and then that was about eight years ago, really the rise of Instagram, I'd say Facebook was already going on. Um, and and starting to follow these uh, fellow female creatives, doing my own thing, and always, you know, ten years back, kind of wishing there was some sort of creative conference, some sort of, um, you know, local thing that could get creative women together, um, you know, to um, just hear about other people's stories and and things like that. So, um, you know, fast forward after kids, at Kingsley, then Gideon. You know, I'm. I'm a stay-at-home mom, work-at-home mom, doing graphic design and just kind of feeling isolated in that and wishing there were other women to kind of share this journey with. Um, Then following other women and thinking like, gosh, you know, everybody's kind of working in these silos. Wouldn't it be neat if there was one one social media feed that kind of gave these women a, a larger platform? And I thought, surely... There is something like that out there already. You know, when you get, you um, consume so much content a day, you start thinking like, oh yeah, I definitely thought of that. Mm. And then you didn't. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> You're yeah. Like somebody already created this. So I was thinking, I think Rock Girl Gang would be a great name for this platform. And I'm Googling it. Like, surely I didn't just think of this. Surely <laughs> it's out there already. And it wasn't. And so I just... Um, you know, I sat on it for a while and 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 the idea didn't lose interest to me. And I just thought, you know, I I think of myself as just, you know, a um a typical person, an, an everyday type of a girl. And so, if I'm feeling like this, I bet other people are feeling like this. So, creating it and it was just a huge overwhelming response. I had a great response from the, this community of women, these creatives, and it really took off and never, never looked back. And um, how many followers now does Rock Girl Gang have? You know, I couldn't even tell you. I think 18K, I think. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yep. In, a, in over three years. 
Wow. So it's it's a completely organic. I've never paid for followers or anything like that. It's just continued to grow and grow and grow uh, very naturally. And, um, you know, I've, I've liked the progression of things. That's impressive. That's impressive. And and as someone who's a very creative person, um, creativity and organization don't always go together hand in hand, right? No, no. So, so, <laughs> That's so a struggle. So yep. what was it like creating this whole new group? Because you were like, I'm a creative. Yeah. I, I came up with this great idea. How about Rock Girl Gang? Great. <laughs> sure. I could see myself going through that and just being like, cool. How about Rock Girl Gang? That's awesome. Yep. Okay, here's the name. Somebody else do it. But you <laughs> you actually did it. I did. And that's really the first time I've ever done something and stuck with it. <laughs> so <laughs> it took me about 30 years. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, but it's still even, you know, three years down the road and I've had already times where I'm like, this is not fun anymore. And this is a lot of busy work. It's a lot of behind the scenes work. Um, and like, okay, I want to do something new, but but I have felt like I come back to the why, and this is really important. This is a passion of mine, and even when I feel, you know, stuck in the muck and in in the weeds, I still think it's really important. I'm really passionate about it, and I really love what I do. So that makes it all worth it. Um, and I have to had had to create um, flex that organizational muscle more than more than I ever have before. So let's let's just get to the question because um, you're sharing all the beautiful rosy parts of being part <laughs> of social media, um, and you can answer anything with this. So what is really obnoxious to Sarah Knight on social media? Well, personally, I always love it when people question my parenting skills. So um, you know, I post a lot just personally. You know, family things, things. You know, I've, I've, I, I try to, I try to keep it a variety of things going on in my personal feed. But um, I get a, a real kick out of my boys. They're eight and four, and they're just funny and they're wild and they do stupid things and I like to make fun of them and um, you know they just they just really crack me up. So I had a video of them. Um, you know, fighting with Nerf swords and and saying kind of like. Never really a good idea. <laughs> always, <laughs> always ends poorly, but is a lot of fun, um, you know, until it's not type of a thing. And and somebody messaged me and said um, they really should be wearing protective eyewear. And <laughs> you know, that's that's super fun to get you know your 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 parenting, um, you know, somebody to give you suggestions, a complete stranger, no less to say kind of like they should be wearing goggles when they <laughs> fight with Nerf swords. And, um, well, they yeah, should actually just be wearing helmets 24. No, I think they should be in really... a bubble. Yeah. Really, really just keep them in a bubble. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's not how I parent. So just to have somebody who doesn't know me. It, oh, man. Yeah. Love that. Well, well let's, let's also take that question in another direction, too. Like, you deal with a ton of influencers. Mm -hmm. And what are some things that when they post, you're looking at your phone, you're like, oh, you know, what are some things that you just kind of see? Because I'm thinking our listeners, they care about social media, probably care about the way they look. What are some things that you're like, don't do that? Hmm. Um, I don't know. I think, I think anytime you get tunnel vision and you're not thinking of kind of who is my audience and, um, you know, social media is just this interesting thing that it's social, but it's also such an, it plays on your narcissism 
and it's it's a it's a platform set up to be egocentric really so anytime you get too you know too involved in yourself and you're not thinking of like who's seeing this or who my audience is or you're getting you know i can't even think of a, a, an example but there have been those ooh moments where you see this and you're like oh man um and then it it probably goes away <laughs> somebody else has brought it to their attention or whatever and then it gets deleted or whatever um i can't even think of a good example of that but but i think you have to keep that in check yeah the, the that thought you had about narcissism like that's a really great point like it is kind of set up to feed our narcissistic Absolutely. tendencies. Absolutely, yes. Do, do you feel like you got to take a break every once in a while? Do you do that? I don't know. Like, or can you not afford to not, not afford uh, monetarily, but just mm-hmm. do you feel the pressure to keep up with it or what? Like, I do. I feel like on Rock Girl Gang, I try to um, consistently keep posting and stuff like that. Um, personally, I don't feel the need to. I actually just really enjoy sharing. Um, and things like that. But I think it's keeping that in check. Mm. Like, okay, this isn't real life. This isn't, um, you know, the world's not going to stop if I stop. And kind of keeping that in check. Like, you're not that important (laughs) to anybody. You know, no one's going to notice if you go away for a while or not. I have heard of a lot of people taking breaks on social media, and I think that's a good thing um, to know about yourself, to, to, to keep yourself in check, really. Is this a good thing? Is this helping? Is this hurting? Is this not healthy for me mentally or whatever? Um, so I think that's that's a really good thing. But I, I don't take myself seriously enough to have a problem with it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I think, you know, I've come to the realization, and not always, I think when I was a young mother and just getting on Instagram and seeing you know, everybody else doing these amazing things and having this amazing time with their kids. And I was just struggling and um, feeling very isolated. And, um, you know, I think I think it, um, you know, I had postpartum depression, really. And um, I was thinking, you know, social media really didn't help that. I think it fueled that, you know, because you're so tired and you're trying to stay connected, but it's not a true connection, you know. So I think that that fueled um, my postpartum depression really wasn't a good thing for me at the time. And now I think I've come to realize like this is the highlight reel. We're all human. We all struggle. Um, this is not the full story. And I think you should have to sign something that says, <laughs> I understand that this is the highlight reel. And this isn't, this is the tip of the iceberg. Everybody has that under the surface problems, you know, marriage, kids, everything um, that we just, you know, not everybody has to to be authentic or real. You don't have to put your whole mess out there to a bunch of strangers. And I think that's fine. But that understanding that everybody has that mess. Yeah. Social media would probably die pretty quick if we all put (laughs) put all of our lives on social media. Or maybe it would be a whole lot more interesting. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. It'd be like a episode of the Osbournes. Remember? I don't know. It'd be kind of fun. Well, I, I really appreciate what Sarah says. So, you know, I, I spend a good deal of time on social media and I post pictures of my daughter Mm -hmm. and people are like, she always smiles. Does she ever cry? And I had someone ask me like, Uh why do you do that? And it's like, it's not about making me look like a good parent. Like my daughter's going to be 14 years old someday. Yeah. And like, I don't think that I would have appreciated if my mom posted a picture of me having a breakdown or a meltdown. And 
I'm not saying that that's wrong for any parents that do that. You know, I think that that's a personal decision, but I made that decision based on what I thought my daughter or what I would want. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that kind of brings me to this question because I really feel like you're bringing up a lot. I appreciate you being courageous and sharing about postpartum depression. How do you reconcile following Jesus and being an influencer on social media? Yeah, I mean, I think just to keep in mind, um, you know, his his greatest command commandment really was to love God and love others, and um, you know, all the fruits of the spirit—love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, gentleness, and self control. All of that, I think, can play a part. You know, um, it's it's not about being um, quick to listen and slow to speak on social media. It's very instant. It's very fiery. Um, and it can get very nasty very quick if you don't pull back and 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 take a minute and and keep those, you know, feelings in check and say like, okay, what what do I want to demonstrate out there today? Um, uh, things like that. So I think, I think I just try to be myself. I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but, but yeah, I think, you know, just uh, keeping that empathy in check, um, trying to think of others, trying to treat others like I would want to be treated and viewed, um, all come into play for sure. Today's guest, Sarah Knight, uh, we are answering the question, why God, why are people so obnoxious on social media? Uh, for the second part of our conversation, Sarah, um, I kind of wanted to allude back to to what um, we've been talking about, but John specifically and, and even Peter mentioning, you know, he's right. It was a Freudian slip about anxiety because <laughs> social media, I'm a Enneagram six uh, for those listening that follow that. So I am certainly security and fear based. Mm. So social media just presents a whole world of issues yeah. when it comes to someone that uh, values those things. So I guess, it, you know, what John's saying is, you know, taking a break, but so I, I, sometimes I do, I guess, try to take a break. And my wife and I often talk about like, well, should I, should we take a break? And then I always bring up the argument that like, well, am I just running away hmm. from this tool to, um, to speak into people's lives? But, you know, again, a lot of issues coming from this side of the table, then, you know, I can also justify it as, you know, could I ruin relationships or could I sacrifice maybe, um, growth I'd made with an individual because I present something on social media that doesn't speak into like what they believe a Christian should be or uh, the, the host of, I think, anxieties that present themselves. So I think when you ask obnoxious, there has to also be that angle of, you know, What's making it obnoxious is maybe the fact that it makes others feel uncomfortable. So mm. maybe let's uh, transition our conversation around social media in, in that direction. Why is it so difficult um, to censor ourselves? Why do we feel so censored when it comes to social media? Well, I mean, you've got, depending on your followers, you've got, and, and hopefully you do, I think, especially as Christians, hopefully you do have friends who are different uh, religions and races and political points of view. Um, I, I think we should. So so then you have to think a little harder 
about what am I going to put out there? And I think especially, I think it's so funny. I, I was talking to my husband, Rusty, who's not on social media at all, which is really good for me, actually, because um, I'll get talking to him and I'll just see his eyes kind of like gloss <laughs> over. I'm like, wow, you know what? This isn't as, as important as I'm making it out to be. So that's helpful. But, um, you know, I think, think about if we were in a group of people again with all different points of view all different backgrounds and you just bring (laughs) bring this um you know like what we do like repost this article on some hot topic and just kind of set it there and would we ever do that in a group of of people with all different points of view and you know there's you're missing a kind of a key thing which is a relationship and i think to bring these things up and to have important dialogue and meaningful. You have to have a relationship. You have to have rapport. You have to have this foundation of trust. And so it's not going to translate when you're friends with friends, quote unquote, um, with with a, mostly acquaintances at best. You know, that's not going to go well um, for most of the time. And um, you see kind of these train wrecks and these comment wars and stuff like that. And um, yeah, it's it's... Yeah, <laughs> but um, but it is just kind of interesting how we kind of lose that. Um, so I don't even know if I'm answering your question. I, I think I yeah. think you are. I think one of the things. How do you, with the tension of now more than ever, we have more metrics to say how important we are. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you live with? I have 18k following this thing, mm-hmm. and no matter what. I am a daughter of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you kind of live that tension out? Hmm. You know, I just, I think of myself really, I, for Rock Girl Gang, I am the organizer of it. Um, I'm. It's not about me at all. I think that's why it's been so successful. This is, covers a lot of different women from a lot of different backgrounds, from a lot of different races, religions, everything. Um, so what I do is just try to stick to what the point of Rock Girl Gang is, is to feature the woman and her story. I don't make it any more complicated than that. Um, so, um, yeah, I try not to, you know, overthink it. I, I, I don't even really think of it as mine. I think of it as everyone's. So just trying to do justice to the woman I'm featuring, to their story, to, um, and giving them you know, a bigger platform is is what I try to focus on. I'm not trying, throughout Girl Gang, I'm certainly not trying to further an agenda of mine personally or whatever. I I try to leave that out of it for the most part. Um, Do you feel like that's one of the, the um, important parts of social media in order to gain a following is not to be, not to be, like so focused on yourself, like when you're not narcissistic mm-hmm. on social media, sure. when every post isn't a selfie, you know, like, does that actually help? Like, cause I imagine there's people out there that are going like, well, I want to actually build a following on social media. That's good. How do I do that? Mm-hmm. Like, is that one of the basic principles? I mean, I think for rock girl gang, if it was just focused on me, I don't think it'd be successful at all. It's not focused on me at all. People have no idea who I am, you know, and that's, that's good. That's the point of it. It's funny. I was with my friend, uh, Lynn Phillips, who runs the food blog, Sriracha Says, and we were out shopping and somebody came up to her and said, 
I saw you on the uh, Rock Girl Gang panel last year and you were so good. And I was standing right next to her and I was, you know, I ran that event. That was my event and I moderated and she had no clue who I was. So I was, it it actually made me happy because I'm like, that's the point. I wanted to give her the platform. I wanted people to know it wasn't about me at all. Um, So that worked for Rock Girl Gang. I... I think I don't know how to grow a following if it's just yours personally. I think everybody has influence, whether you have a hundred followers or you know two thousand or two hundred thousand, um, and it's what you do with it. And I think just being yourself, being authentic, and seeing where that goes. I think if you're trying, mm. I'm, not, I'm not sure how that's going to work. Mm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. If you're trying too hard, sure, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I get the sense that a lot of people out there, that's what they're doing. Like, it's like, I'm just trying. I'm throwing everything out there I possibly can tr- throw out there <laughs> Maybe. just to see what sticks. Sure, sure. Yeah, that was a good one. And it's difficult, too, because I, I think now more than ever, it seems like, and maybe this isn't true, it just seems like it, but there's more people in direct sales. And, yeah, and, that's um, tricky. And And it's tricky because, you know, people are really passionate about something, and I'm sure, too, that people are telling them you need to be posting about this Mm -hmm. and you know social media has kind of cut the personal and professional and so you know it's really hard because it's like this person is going out there they're they're getting it they're passionate about something they want to make someone's life better but you know again it's hard to kind of you know I think I have more grace and feeling for that and again it seems like you've created a platform where you know, what's so refreshing about it is it's not about me. It's about these women in our local area of Rochester, New York, that make a difference too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I, I think even in, in those, um, those, the, those sales position that women have, I think there's a right way and a wrong way to do that. I think if you're authentic, I think if you're just kind of communicating what you do and, um, you know, people, people can really tell when you're authentic and you're just, out there doing your thing, those are the people, you know, I'm probably going to contact and say like, hey, um, could I buy that from you? Not the people who I don't know who are um, Facebook messaging me saying like, oh, remember me from high school? How are you? How are your kids? Just wondering if you'd want to be involved in X, Y, Z or, you know, and that feels really, um, oh, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that fe- I'm not going to buy from you. Um, and I don't know, that feels obnoxious to me. That does, that does. Because again, it's about relationships. And I think, um, you know, just humanity is, is about relationships, not just in the Christian life, but like really we are designed to be in relationship. And when you have an authentic relationship versus an inauthentic one, people can smell that from a mile away. I can, um, everybody can. You know, so if I feel like a genuine connection with you, um, I'm going to buy something from you and probably not somebody who's just going to, you know, randomly contact me through social media probably wouldn't be the best way. You know, I, I, I want to go back to, and I know that we're probably, you know, coming to a point where we're going to close this podcast, but I want to come back to what you said about your postpartum depression mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I have a feeling our listeners, whether they're male or female, I, I think this is kind of a genderless issue. There might be some differences, but feeling this pressure, watching the highlight reels, watching, 
you know, I mean, I, I think about this, like the meals that are just perfect mm -hmm. that people are taking pictures of. Um, what would you say to yourself back then that you know now? And, you know, what might you say to a 24-year-old Sarah about a relationship to social media, you know, based on this experience? You know, speak to our audience about that. Well, I don't think social media gave me postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. I don't think social media creates anxiety or depression, but I think it could be a catalyst for something that's already going on um, within you, within yourself. So I think doing that self-work, um, you know, maybe off social media and realizing your worth, realizing who you are and, and feeling um, uh, contentment um, with that. And, and, and again, I, I got counseling. I went to, I got, I got help, um, with that. And so again, if, if I think, you know, as you were saying, um, you know, taking a break, I don't think that's, that's going to be a band aid. but like what's really going on. Why do you need to take that break and doing that work and figuring that out and digging a little deeper than, you know, um, you know, social media is, you know, making me depressed or anxious or whatever, which I think it all can do for sure. But why? Mm. And and really digging down and figuring that out. I think I think you have to do the work um, through that and not just blaming blaming it on social media. So good, so good. I'm 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 letting that all sink in, Sarah, as you're talking about it. Um, what do you think? would be a way forward for people who are in the midst of really struggling right now with kind of their relationship with social media? Like what, what's the, what's a way forward for them? Um, you know, I, I just think relationships, not on social media, but just connecting with people IRL in real life. <laughs> um, and, and we doing... learn a new hashtag every day. <laughs> um, and just reaching out to those people, you know, making sure um, before to your feed or whatever, your your profile, your your in real life profiles, your in real life relationships are at the forefront. And um, that is that's, you know, that can't be first in your life. That needs to be way back on the on, on the chart. And um, you have to be more concerned about you know, your relationships, your family, all that stuff that, you know, social media can't, can't become, you know, um, that important to you. I think keeping it where it belongs and keeping it in check. And what I've done really, uh, that's helped me because you can get a notification for oh. everything. I mean, so every comment, so sometimes, you know, I'll have you know, 800 likes on a photo and however many comments. And those used to just all ding right oh. on my front page. And I've taken off all of those notifications because those are so distracting. So whatever I'll be doing, I'll see, you know, things pop up on my main screen. And it was really distracting. And I thought, I think did create some anxiety, like I need to check in, you know, you don't need to check in. Um, take the take the notifications off. You don't need to be alerted for every like, tweet, comment, 
you know, peep um, on your phone. Put it away. (laughs) Put it away. You're not that important. You're not, you know, the president of whatever. Um, (laughs) If you are, thank you for listening. If you are here, yeah, you might not be listening to this. (laughs) This is brought to you by Rock Girl Gang. We're here with the president of Rock Girl Gang, Sarah Knight. Sarah, we have one final question that we conclude every podcast with, and we just like to bring Jesus into the conversation um, as an encouragement to our listeners. So what does Jesus teach us about today's question? I'll let you stew on that as Peter and John uh, take their crack at it first. You know, as you were talking, I was looking up um, on my phone. I wasn't checking notifications. <laughs> um, you know, there's two two passages from, you know, the Bible that I think stand out. And the first one is Ephesians 2.10, where the writer of Ephesians says that you are God's handiwork created for new things. And we hear that verse all the time, but I don't think we live that out. And, um, you know, I think about that. There's this book that I read to my daughter called You Are Special by Max Licato. And it's about these creatures who are puppets, so to speak. And for every bad thing they do, they get a dot. And for every good thing they do, they get a star. And there's a character in there that because they know the creator, the Jesus type person, the stars and the dots don't stick to them. And, you know, I wonder about how if we lived life that way, that our likes, our dislikes, our angry faces, ha-ha faces, and all those things, if they didn't stick to us. And then, you know, when you know your worth and value, hashtag IRL, I didn't even know that today. So um, I think about what it says, the writer of Hebrews, and says, don't forsake uh, getting together with one another. And, you know, the power of both of those going together is, when you realize your value and worth from Jesus being created in his image, that gives you power to live with other people. And those two things go together. So, you know, you might be listening, you don't attend church, you aren't part of a small group, you know, those aren't checklists to do, but in the right circumstances, those are life giving ways to remind you that there is so much more to what God wants to do. There's so much more to your value to that. That's kind of where I land on that. Yeah, that's wise words. I, 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 uh, I love that train of thought. I guess one of the things I was thinking about as you're talking is the illustration that Jesus uses. He, he, he goes on to tell this story of a, a religious leader who is, you know, well respected within the community, and this person who was a tax collector who was not well respected at all. And they're both they both enter the temple. And, and the tax collector is making a big deal about who he is and he kind of shows off and he says, oh, look at me, you know, oh, wow, I'm such a, you know, really important person. Meanwhile, the, the guy over to the side, the tax collector is like, I'm not even worthy to be here. I'm just really sorry, Lord, sorry. And Jesus goes on to say the the tax collector is actually the guy that it's forgiven, not the not the religious leader. And and you, your mind should be a little bit blown by that by going like, what? Uh, because the religious dude did a lot of great <laughs> things. Look at all the great things. But he was just showing the highlight reel of his life. Mm-hmm. He had the other stuff. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't acknowledging the mm-hmm. other stuff. Mm-hmm. So maybe social media can ha- kind of do that for us. It can kind of make us all into kind of many religious leaders. Even if you aren't a religious person, it's not about religion per se, but it can kind of 
give us the air of superiority over other people. And I think that is what prevents us from having those genuine relationships that you're talking about, Sarah, and and being able to go play kickball together like our families are going to in two days, I think. Bring it on, John. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> that better be story. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, I'm sure it'll be on social media somewhere. I don't know. Yes. Uh, so Rusty's going to do quite well, I'm sure. But um, anyway, so, so I think, yeah. So if we're using... To, to use social media in that way, I think, is actually an abuse of it. It's actually obnoxious if sure. we're preventing us from relate to true relationships. Sarah, you get the final word, though. Man, I think, Jesus, I don't even know if he'd have a smartphone. I think he'd just be knocking on your door, being like, what are you doing for dinner tonight? You know, and you'd be like, oh, boy, <laughs> there he is again. Um, he'd be too busy, be busy IRL. <laughs> all the way and um i think it's just good to keep that in check i don't think he'd have any sort sort of so online presence i i think he'd just be um around a man about town mm. and um yeah that's that's what i like to think of him at least <laughs> doing so sarah knight thanks for being on the why god why podcast if you have any questions or comments about today's episode or a previous episode follow us on social media hint, hint, or head over to our website, whygodwhypodcast.com. <laughs>